watch in Your daughter doesn't say she's a demon, she says she's the devil himself. What an excellent day for an exorcism. It is well after 1 a.m. Our political system is either in turmoil, we're either saved, or we're doomed. We're still in the middle of a pandemic, and I think it's a perfect time to record episode one of Watching Horror, a brand new horror movie podcast. I'm Jared. And across the table from me is my wife, Christina. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. So real quick, what we plan to do here is pretty simple. We watch horror movies, seen them, we haven't seen them, new, old, otherwise, and we come back and we talk about them. Nothing super duper complicated. What do you like about horror? Movies, shows, whatever. Um, The build up. And then I think like the middle to last quarter of uh of the movie is probably the best part and then once it's over you're just kind of like oh my god that was crazy is it the relief from being scared <clears throat> and then it's over being scared is fun mm. and then the relief after being scared is also fun yeah yeah i agree with that it's like ripping off a band-aid i haven't been scared of movie in a long time but i do like the scary movies in our movies i think it's i don't know what this says but it's it's just entertaining it's just fun to watch because mm-hmm. it's not real. You know, who doesn't want to watch fucked up shit that's not real? Depends, but you know? yeah. All right, well, I mean, me. In this context. For me. I like to watch <laughs> fucked up creep. shit that's not real. I'm not watching <laughs> snuff films. It's, you know, whatever. So, <clears throat> this week, for the first episode, we watched The Exorcist. For the 400th time, each of us. Um, we watched the version you've never seen before um, on DVD, the one that came out in 2000. Original movie came out in 73. This movie was based on a book, and it was based on a true story. Did you know that? No. Okay. I did some research, and every time you dig into a horror movie that says it's based on a true story, it's nothing but a well of disappointment. Always. This is no fucking different. (laughs) So what this was based on was, quote, actual events in 1949. So in 1949, there was based on a kid who I believe was somewhere close to the Regan's age of 12, I think 13, 14, something like that. It was a boy. Really what it was is this kid who was more or less kind of a shithead, and he... Wait, wait, wait. How young are we talking here? 12, 13, 14. Oh, yeah. You just said that. Yeah. Right. What kind of a shithead? So... In what respect could it... He t- was defiant okay. and rude, spitting, cursing, violent. If I got the... If I remember the story right, it was... He's acting up and he would... There were reports of sort of things moving in his presence and telekinesis nonsense. Him speaking in tongues. In this case, it would be Latin. Um, where he had no knowledge of it, which looking through some investigation after the fact, people found that's kind of bullshit. He was just repeating things that he had heard during uh, school or church or something like that. They performed some exorcism on him. There was no vomit. There was no head turning. There was no anything that made the exorcist interesting didn't happen. Of course not. So That stuff doesn't happen in real life. The based in true story is... My guess is the similarity is because it was a kid. That's it. Okay. That's the beginning of it. So 
they're playing real loose on the based on a true story. <laughs> like most of these things. Well, I mean, like, do you actually think that any of the things that happened in the movie The Exorcist are possible? No. Okay, so I don't. But why <laughs> so even but why bother even coming up with the because based sells, on a true story? Because it sells more tickets. But who fucking Amityville, knew that? Amityville. Right? That's a real place. How yeah. many people drive over there to the point where they have to like tear the house down? Yeah, they had to redo the house. And completely yeah. redo it. We we've, we've been by the house. Mm-hmm. We've drove by the house. We don't live terribly far Mm-mm. from Amityville and we've driven by the house. Whatever. Murders happened. Yeah, no, but like, you know, it, it, it's the same business. Yeah, but I, I don't know if I call it a selling point in this movie, So, but let's get started here. Of course so, it's a selling point in this movie. They, they tried to scare the crap out of people to the point where they built almost this like uh, a power of suggestion. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They said it was the scariest movie yes. in the world. Okay, they yeah. Said it was, they said it was, you know, it made people fainted. But yeah, it made, gro- I think the, the thing that was grown men fainted, because apparently that's really tough to do, <laughs> bullshit, um, caused miscarriages, <laughs> which I don't know, maybe it did, maybe, I don't know. And, you know, it caused... I think a person having a miscarriage in a movie theater... Ha- it, having it happen to be the exorcist is probably more likely than the exorcist causing the miscarriage. Yeah, I bet you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if it happened, it's good enough. You know, it was... This movie was... is really steeped in sort of um, hype. You know, I think from the get-go right away, it only opened in like 25 theaters or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, the Catholic Church was against it. There's all these different little... Things that happened during the, the filming of the movies stuff happened after they made, you know, sets burned down. The house set burned down except for Regan's room, apparently, during the filming of the movie. It set the movie back, the filming of the movie back a month. So, well, you know, that's where the devil is. That's where, you know, um, in, you know, the, the woman who plays Demi's mother and the actor who plays Burke Dennings both died shortly after the filming of the movie. And all these other different little things that they really push to sell this Karis's movie. Karis' mother? Yeah. It was like ancient. Yeah, really not... Really not that big of a stretch that that no. might happen. She's had a f- one foot in the grave anyway. You're not... So, so okay, so this movie, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to unpack on this movie. And it's, it's tough, I think, because this movie is... It's a horror movie... That's pretending to not be a horror movie, I think. I think it add, it introduces a lot of symbolism and, and, and pretension and hype all into one package. And it's hard, I think, to separate the fact that it, it is just a regular horror movie like any other. But it's sort of, it's wrapped in this package that it's not supposed to be. Do you understand what I'm saying? No. It's not a cheesy horror movie. It's not full of, you know, terrible special effects. <laughs> and, all right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I Watching this movie again, I thought it's entertaining enough. But I, I, I guess watching it again, and maybe I was looking for different things. And like I said, I was looking at it like I'd never seen it before. And I noticed a lot of things I never noticed before. 
And in it, I, I kind of walked away with that feeling of, uh, it was good, but it's still just a horror movie. It's pretending not to be horror movie. It's about a girl who gets possessed by the devil. It doesn't need all these little extra things that they threw in there, I think. No, there's it, it, a, well, I mean, it, they, they rooting it in a, sort of a, a real life setting, I think makes it a little scarier. It's not like there's just ghosts in the house and then they have to have this magical seance type exorcism or whatever of the house. It's a family, you know, well, essentially Chris um, and uh, Regan. Hollywood actress Chris McNeil. McNeil, that's right. Her daughter Regan. Teresa. Regan Teresa McNeil. McNeil. Right. Good trivia question. Yeah. Just in case anyone. If that ever comes up. Mm Mm-hmm. You really? Regan. Do you really know The Exorcist well oh. enough? Oh, here we go. Don't so, just, what is right? Regan's middle name? Don't and if you... you can't tell me that, then you obviously don't know anything about The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like The Exorcist? You're a real fan. <laughs> What's Regan's middle name? Just shut up. Well, I mean, it is a major point in uh, at the end of the movie before they. Right before they do the exorcism, he actually he makes it a point to ask her uh, what her middle name is, yeah, um, so that he can properly uh, identify. That's why I guess that's always why I feel like they want the middle name just in case there's some other Regan McNeil that God <laughs> thinks he's talking to. You know, what I mean, he's talking. Want to mix it up? With he probably some should other. have gotten a social security number, <laughs> birthday, just to be on the safe side. <laughs> I don't know if God handed out social security numbers, but... <laughs> they need some sort of identifying mark. Nah. Nah. They're just little bugs. Anyway. Okay. Um, well, yeah, let's start off here. So so the movie opens in northern Iraq with a priest, Father Marin. Father Marin is apparently an archaeologist and a priest, which is one of another instance of priests holding two jobs. I went... I went to Catholic school for 12 years. I was an altar boy. I went to mass when I was a kid. I I, I think I'm fairly well versed in knowing how the Catholic church works to a certain extent. Sure. Priests are priests. There's special ones now. You went to school in, you know, Bayside, New York. Yeah. There are priests in other places, like priests that are in um, universities, places of higher learning typically have a degree on top of, you know, their service. So you're telling me the priests I knew were dumb? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm telling you that the priests you knew were not ambitious. Underachievers. Mm, that makes sense. <laughs> I didn't go to good schools. <laughs> no, you went to really good schools. Not really. I had underachieving you priests. You went to high school. The people I'm talking about are college level. If you remember in the movie, they're at Notre Dame. Wrong. They're at Georgetown. Oh, Georgetown. I'm sorry. Wrong. See, you didn't even oh know God. The Exorcist. You're not even a real fan. Oh, I was thinking that. Why was I Ugh. thinking Notre Dame? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. But either way, they were in a university. Right. Um, they weren't in a high school. It's a bit different. Yeah. So the priests that you find in universities are typically there because they have another, you know, uh, uh, expertise. You know, in a way, you can kind of think of the priesthood uh, as like uh, the military. You know what I mean? You can, like the army. They're like, you join yeah. the army, but you also learn about... 
They yeah. pay for college, and right. you know what I mean. Though <laughs> you'll get fueled. Yeah, you'll get some. Yeah, you get okay. experience in this. Plus, they pay for college. You get the scholarship and all that. I didn't know that the Jesuits did the same thing. I didn't know they acted as the military as well. That's well, he was a member of the Jesuits. Not, I don't know if everyone in uh, his congregation or in that whatever sector of Georgetown University um, or uh, Notre Dame is a. It's not Notre Dame. <laughs> I thought it was five seconds ago. Ugh. <laughs> Obviously, Yo, we're what? having a podcast where only one of us knows what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> Obviously, I don't know anything about this movie. No, you're not even a real fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. The movie opens up in northern Iraq, which I think is... It's very Indiana Jones. It reminded me of Indiana Jones without yeah. being it, which kind of sucked because Indiana Jones isn't in, in this movie and he doesn't look anything like Indiana Jones. There's no whip. There's no fun thing. There's no. You well, know. we didn't really get to see him in action. Action. You know, he was. Uh, we didn't. We saw an older. And, uh, yeah. Exactly. We saw an older Father Marin. We didn't get to see point. the Father Marin that did the exorcism in Africa. Although he was sort of clairvoyant in the fact that they did find things and he just stuck his little pickaxe into a dark foxhole. He was just looking for stuff. Let's yeah, see what else is in here. He did one sweep and he found it and he was able to pick that little gargoyle head off of the right. rock. With it. Hey, look what I, I found. He knew exactly that what it was. It bothered me. He just picked it off and threw the rest of the rock on the floor. Like, how do you know? How do you know there's not something else in there? So obviously. <laughs> they found all kinds of other things. They're like, oh, these are all different time periods. Okay, so obviously right? what we have here is a priest who's Two things, a priest and an archaeologist. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to accept it. I don't agree with it. I'll accept it. You don't I'm agree also, with it? I'll also wait, wait, take wait, it a step wait, wait, further. Wait, wait. don't you agree with You don't get two things. You get one. <laughs> so he's he has two. So he's, What's no it, so he's two things yeah. are that he spreads he, the no, message. Wait a minute. Wait, no, no. He has three things. What else does he do? He's a... He's the exorcist. He's the guy. He's, that still just makes him a priest who's no, performed exorcisms. That's clearly not true, and I'll tell you why. So what we have is Father Marin, who is three things. Not just two. He's three. He's a priest. Mm-hmm. He's an archaeologist. Mm-hmm. And apparently an expert exorcist. Okay? Seemingly. And here's why you don't get three. Because he sucks at all three. <laughs> Okay. Not necessarily. Here we go. Archaeologist. He sucks. They call him and, hey, we found some whatever it is that they he found. He was digging stuff when they called him. He was in a different spot. He comes over there, and but he didn't find it. So he okay. comes over there. He does his sweep with his pickaxe in a dark hole. Yeah. Finds the the statue <laughs> he does thing. does swing with his pickaxe in the dark hole. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he, he kind of does a whoop. Well, there it is. He mm-hmm. found it. He like as you mentioned, he he's got pulls the old head off. Shaky hands. He's got know? old. Yeah, he's certainly not qualified to be handling a pickaxe, a pickaxe, <laughs> or these old artifacts where he just pops the head off, looks he just at it, snaps that thing he right off, and throws he? the rest of the yeah. rock. No, he just drops it. So that's gone. You shouldn't be doing... I'm, I'm not yeah, an archaeologist. Do you know, how do you know there's not other stuff in there? This is what I'm saying. Yeah. And why aren't you continuing to look? There's a lot of... Maybe uh, he was just so amazed that he found this one artifact that he was like, well, who cares? Fuck the rest. I mean, okay. you know, aside from Jesus's, uh, you know, cup or whatever. 
The Holy Grail? That one. Uh, well, see, again, <laughs> Indiana Jones. <laughs> so, so there you go. So either way, he's a shitty archaeologist. Not, at least not good. Mm-hmm. Second, as a priest, he mentions how he has he shouldn't be drinking. <laughs> wait, wait, I just stop you for a second. You're telling me that he's not a good archaeologist because he took a rock and dropped it on the floor and didn't give it a second look? Yes. <laughs> If you okay, want to oversimplify wanna, my sure point, that, be my guest. <laughs> just yeah. make sure that that's your logic. Okay, continue. There's a lot more to it, but let's. You know I'm right. So as a pre, so he's in the middle of the exorcism, and he needs to take a break. He sits down. Chris asks him for a drink. Uh, he's like it. He says, "Oh no, I, I really shouldn't." Well, luckily my, uh, and she's like, "Oh okay." Luckily, well, you know, my, my will isn't uh, whatever he says. You yeah, know. my will is weak. My will is weak. Mm-hmm. Or and, I have and, a weak will. Right. And then with a heavy sigh, Chris McNeil goes back to her wet bar and, and gives someone else She's a fucking drink. She's not used to serving others. She's used to being served. She does it all over this she movie. She's a maid and, and a butler. She couldn't be more and put out nanny. to help people. Hmm. Well, so, exactly. That's what I'm saying. She's like, God, so fucking I'm going to get up again. I get it. I, look, I get it. However, he's drinking on the job. Probably shouldn't be doing that. Uh, Considering the fucking devil is upstairs. He took a little drink. Yeah. You, you, don't, you might want to, you Take know. a drink before you confront the devil. Also, he's taking heart medication. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the hell those little I don't know what they are. They look like little boys. Yeah. <laughs> the little box. Yeah. I'm not a doctor or an alcoholic, so I don't know what heart medication. How do you know it's heart medication? You don't know what the hell. It maybe maybe it, it, it like should... an anti-devil potion or something. Well, that like didn't that. work. Pills. Well, it didn't work. I'm just okay. I'm just saying we don't know that it's heart medication. That's true. He doesn't say it. He doesn't, but he does have shaky hands. I don't know. And then he winds up dead during the exorcism process. I guess that doesn't make you bad at your job. However. There was an exorcism in Africa they had mentioned, which took a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Look. Where he successfully got the demon out of the uh, person. Even a bad... And it seems to have been, it, I think, it seems to have been the same demon. That's what I think. I think it's the same demon. Hmm. Because this demon knew him by name. Called him by name. True. It called to him. You know what I mean? It did know when, it, when he arrived mm-hmm. at the house and during were, that... They, it was waiting for him specifically to arrive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a good point. Maybe it is the same one. I think there was a, after watching it, watching it, watching it, and then kind of dissecting it around, I think that that's a thing. I don't, you, you, there should be like a prequel, sort of. There, but, there's um, a bunch of these movies. I haven't seen Well, I mean, I'm not, I don't know whether the prequel is good or not, but yeah, yeah. in the prequel, I'd, uh, I'd like to see what, what Father Miriam's relationship to this demon, if it's the devil, if it's a demon. Mm. I know in the movie they say, you know, Karis says, you know, she doesn't just say that she's possessed by a demon. She says she's possessed by the devil himself. Whether or not that's true, whatever. But I'd like to see the relationship that Miriam has with uh, this demon in yeah. another capacity, maybe at that exorcism in Africa or, That'd be cool. you know, even before that. That might be. You know? I mean... I don't know. A young Mirren, you know. You think he'd have the Indiana Jones whip? 
And the hat. I mean, who do you want yeah. to? He kind of has the hat. Oh yeah, he like he blended in hat. with the rocks and background. Like yeah. if he didn't move, you wouldn't even know he was there. That's true. Just a dusty old man <laughs> from top to <laughs> he bottom. He does look dusty. Doesn't I think he? He, I think he's dusty out of the shower. Guy <laughs> 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 takes a I shower and gets right. dressed. You can just. It just sounds like an eraser, <laughs> chalkboard eraser. Just a dusty old fucking guy. <laughs> Once you hear there are point. some men, they hit a certain age, they just look a certain way, and they look like their breath smells like plaque all the time, <laughs> and they're just dusty, just dusty looking old guys. Father Barron's breath absolutely smells like plaque. Absolutely. A thousand percent. He's got plaque breath for sure. A thousand percent. Right? Come on, that guy. <laughs> You know that guy's got black breath. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, a thousand fucking percent. Yeah. <laughs> so when he walks into the house, you know the demon just goes, "Marin!" Screams right. from you know upstairs, right uh, inside of Regan. Which I never picked up on. I've seen this movie a bunch of times, and I didn't get it. Like I didn't pick up on it until when we recently watched it. You know. That was one of the, a lot of things that I sort of picked up on for the first time. And I, I couldn't have felt more fucking dumb. Why? Well. It's completely in uh, incoherent screaming. The not, only reason that you may have even noticed it is because of the subtitles just on the captions. I the can't movie. watch, I can't watch a movie without subtitles now. I know. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't oh God. <laughs> No, no, I actually think that it's more ben it's it's a benefit because you don't necessarily have to be within earshot. You can you can focus on other things and still see what's going on. You yeah, know what I mean? True. I think it's it's a it's a gift in my opinion because you can keep the at night, you can keep the volume like all the way down and still like know what you're watching. You know what I mean? Especially if it's something like you've seen before. Yeah. You can kind of, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, I am partially deaf. And I can't see shit. Well, there you go. So none of it's any good to me. Ugh. Just put your glasses on and watch it. I can't sleep with glasses. No, well, just memorize everything. What can I tell you? <laughs> I try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So Father Marin is an example of somebody with more than one job. Not good at any of them, apparently, in my opinion. Black breath. Black breath. Also, another one in this movie, uh, Father Karras... Another one with two jobs again. He is a priest and a psychologist or a psychiatrist, whatever. I think he's a doc. Would you call him doc, Father Doctor? Cass? He is a psychiatrist. Okay, so he has it? a degree in psychiatry from Harvard. From I Harvard. Think he said. Okay, so it's psychiatry. So it would be a doctor, right? So is it yes. Father Doctor or is it Doctor Father? I think it's either or. I don't think it's both. I think you can either call him doctor or you can call him father. No one calls him doctor in it. No, because they're all priests. So I don't know. If I was a father. doctor and a father, I'd probably make people say both. I it's think... not easy to get either of those titles. Mm. You'd have to say both. I'd want you to call me father, doctor, doctor, father, whatever. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, if that's what you want, that's fine. But most priests are humble enough to uh, just take the one and Good. that's fine. It's part of the part of the job i think the priest i know well, anyway so the priests you know were were elementary and junior high school priests and, and nuns high school that i said that it's a junior high school did i say junior high school yeah 
Well, the junior high school was in your elementary school. That's you did point. all of that at the same time. That's true. And then you have high school. Yeah. And they're, they're just they're just high school teachers. They're not, you know, like I'm sure you worked with priests because mm-hmm. you guys have to do uh, altar boy service and mm-hmm. all that stuff. You guys have to volunteer. You have to volunteer, yeah. And I, I'm going to... They used to call for volunteers because kids would just age out of it or quit or whatever it was. And the reason I would I volunteer to do it because you got out of class to do it. <laughs> the Saturday mass, the Sunday masses, weddings, funerals, things like that. And every day, Monday through Friday, they had two or three masses in the morning at like 7, 8, and 9. Wow. And they weren't like real full masses. They weren't like the hour-long ones on the mm-hmm. weekends. They were like these mini little ones where the priests would go, mostly old people. They'd be like... 10 or 12 old people in the pews and you wouldn't be a full mass it's like a 25 minute half hour express mass they don't do communion <clears throat> they don't do communion they don't do anything oh. like that yeah they don't do that no so communion. it doesn't count you're supposed to yeah. go you're supposed to go to mass every week mm-hmm. if you go like on a wednesday morning that doesn't count you still gotta get your ass there on sunday or saturday night that's uh, a bunch of bullshit well god doesn't care maybe he does he showed up yeah, I mean, you should get credit. If you can, credit. if you can kill someone and then go to a priest and say, "Hey, I killed someone. Can I? Can my sins be absolved?" And then the priest, you know, tells you to say some hocus pocus stuff, and then you say it, and you're good. So if you can do that, then I think you can. The other would also. I I, I tend to agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna sit here. <laughs> And pretend to defend the Catholic Church and the, and the rules regarding what counts and what doesn't count as, as uh, your attendance in Mass. But the reason I was an altar boy was to get out of class because yeah. you got to go in the morning. You know, you, oh, you take out your Mass books. Ah, shit. You know what? I got to go. You raise your hand. I got a Mass. <laughs> I got to go do the thing, which was down the block. And you got to, like, take a little stroll down there. Is this in high school? or no. Okay. I was in elementary, yeah. fifth grade. Yeah. I could see that. And fifth and sixth, if I remember correctly, I was asked to step down from the um, servitude uh, because my grades, I couldn't really afford to be missing classes because, uh-huh. quite frankly, my grades weren't up to snuff and I shouldn't be out, you know, serving the Lord when I should be learning God, uh, it algebra. God, like you're blowing him. <laughs> <laughs> I said serving, not servicing. <laughs> Difference. So, <laughs> I'm a woman. It's different. It's serving, <laughs> even in that context. <laughs> tomato, tomato. So, Father Karras. <laughs> so just to go back, but Father Karras. So he has. He's a priest and he's a um, psychiatrist. Correct. So apparently, he's according to the movie here. What we see is he's in working at. Georgetown University, which I had no idea was a Catholic university until I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Notre Dame, one of those. Yeah, it's all the same, right? The fucking yeah. same shit. It's not. And <laughs> he's, you know, advising other priests. He's, I guess, his assignment is to, you know, work in in the capacity of a psychiatrist for other priests or those in. You know, what, what are you, seminary school or whatever, whatever. It's not super clear. In it, though, he's other priests are coming to him with crisis of faith, and he himself 
is not qualified because he even reveals to that other guy in the bar, the other priest oh, in the bar. Oh, yeah, he says that. He knows. And so clearly he's not super good at his job either um, as a psychiatrist because he's giving out this false confidence and telling him, well, you know, it's it's natural and everything will be okay. And meanwhile, he's Maybe saying that. Maybe that makes him a really good psychiatrist. I don't know if I believe that at all. So... Maybe it's so judgmental. <laughs> uh, good, whatever. If you're gonna put it on film, people are gonna judge. Especially, I don't think that in that movie people were judging whether or not Mirren and Karis were good at their jobs. <laughs> you just went off on his plaque breath and how dusty he was out of the shower. Just the way he looks. I, I'm just going by the way he acts. <laughs> What's the fucking difference? Oh my god, there's such a big difference. It's not really. So. We have Father Karras, who's not good. Moreover, he's a, he's not even that good of a priest. Okay, back up. This movie is called The Exorcist, and I just figured out that they were talking about Marin this last time I watched it. I never put the two and two together. I just didn't. And I was like, oh, wow. It was like this big re- revelation, and... I think I told you, and you're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, that's great. Um, well, he's the, he's the dude in the shadowy picture. Yeah. You know, with uh, the hat and the briefcase. Marin! Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's what I was saying before. About, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Which is weird, because he's in a movie for about 11 minutes. <laughs> it's a movie a little longer than that, but it, true, he's not in it for most of no. it. No, so, you know, I didn't, you know. And once I figured that out, and tried to make myself feel a little bit better and said, well, maybe they were talking about Father Karras. They weren't talking about Father Karras. They are talking about Black Breath. Dusty, Dusty Black, Black Breath. Breath. Yeah. <laughs> Father Dusty Black Breath. <laughs> Dusty Father Black Breath. Great name. <laughs> Dusty Father Black Breath. <laughs> Can we call this episode Dusty Father Black Breath? Exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> I promise. Uh, old Dusty. Why was I about to say Farmer? Old Dusty Father Black Breath. Farmer. <laughs> farmer. <laughs> the more I talk about this movie, the more I'm realizing and judging everybody in it and realizing that none of. None of them are really particularly good at their jobs. <laughs> Why do you care what they're good at their jobs? So, are you going to talk about Chris's acting now? It wasn't very and good. Bert I wasn't going to bring that up. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Here we go. So, the astronaut and whether or not he made it back. I don't think he did. He's going to die up there. So, the doctor's obviously not good at his job. He's terrible he at his sucks. job. Okay, that one I'll give you. The doctor, horrible at his job. Terrible. All of them. All the doctors that you saw were Christ awful. Yeah. Right? We've established already Karis sucks. Marin sucks. Chris McNeil wasn't super impressed with her acting. Okay. But. You mean Ellen Burstyn at that point? No. You I'm mean Chris talking. McNeil's acting Chris in that McNeil's beginning scene when yes. she's okay in the movie Crash Course? Um, <laughs> Correct. Another, another trivia another question. Another trivia question. <laughs> you know, if you want to be really cool and know about The Exorcist, um, you, you see it for a second. She's um, 
not particularly good. Um, what makes her not particularly good? Just holding the megaphone and shouting yeah. at a crowd of people. I didn't What's, believe it. I didn't believe she it. She made Father Karras laugh having her little, uh, no, her little yeah, conversation you, with the, with Bert with Dennings. Bert, but here you go with it. That wasn't part of the movie. I that understand. was just her thing. So it wasn't even her acting. I get it. So maybe she's charming. She was on. She, maybe she's charming. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's certain charisma uh, involved with that. Uh, sure. Because Karis doesn't crack a fucking smile that whole movie. Correct. He um, had a nice big smile though when uh, when when Chris was uh, laughing her, it up when, with yeah, with, with yeah. Burke Dennings. Yeah, Burke Dennings, alcoholic. Yeah, creep. Terrible alcoholic creep. Nazi accuser. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the whole night he's accusing the poor butler. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. He was Swiss. Right. <laughs> he or sucks. that's what he wanted you to think. Right. So, okay. Let's do the tally. Priests suck. All of them are terrible. Your tally. Yes. Yeah. Just make this. The tally. <laughs> no, no, no. The priest Let's is terrible. just make this clear. This is your tally. <laughs> it, we're talking about jobs. As people, exactly. I, can't, I can only take a little bit as people. I don't know. Marin might be a good enough guy. I don't know. Karis, bad psychiatrist or at least questionable. Not a super great priest. Marin, not good at anything. Chris McNeil, not a good actress. Burke Dennings, real piece of shit. Not a particularly good uh, 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 director. You know, an alcoholic, Nazi accuser. <laughs> Sharon, the assistant, also terrible. Leaves Regan, who's clearly... In no state to be left with an alcoholic, in my opinion, possible, possible sexual predator. Or she called him upstairs and threw him out the window. Possible too. I don't know. When you're a demon, it's easy to lure people to you. I think uh, what you said was that in the book, they go a little further into detail. And in the book, yeah, they suggest that there was a, some kind of like a sexual assault. So, um, yeah, I think so. I haven't read the book. Some kind of a molestation or whatever, but... Either way. But the um, new window was there, I think, yeah. You know, don't forget. I don't remember if it was before or after. No, I think this is after. But after. she tells the doctor to keep his fingers away from her goddamn cunt. <laughs> this is before that. That is before that, right? That This is before that, yeah, because she's still... Wait, wait, when she goes to the doctor? Yeah, when, when she talks to the doctor. Is before she throws him yeah, out the window? Yeah, because still, she's still in and out of, like, Regan devil phase. Yeah. You know, um, written down here. I don't know why I'm <laughs> really did she? I don't know. I had literally have lots of notes. So, we have a movie full of people who are not very good at what they do. You know, who is really good at what they do? Who? What he does, Father Dyer. He's fantastic. Father Dyer, he wins all the time. He's the superstar. Yeah, here. He's very good at being a moral support for others. He goes and, and visits Karis, yeah, and brings him a bottle. She was um, regal. Takes his shoes. Yep, of course. He's Greek. I mean, come on. What is he going to drink? Metaxa. <laughs> Shivas regal. Uzo. You know, Uzo, of course. Um, but they don't, they're they not going to do that. So, you know, he even takes his shoes off, you know. Mm-hmm. Puts out his cigarette. Turns out his light. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Fabulous at the piano. Yes. And singing show tunes. Yes. Fantastic. Great party guest. Great party guest. And... Uh, also, he's there when Karis dies, or before he dies, and tries to have him, you know, make his yeah, last confession. Last that, that's yeah. he actually has his the thought to, you know, to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, Regan sees his collar 
Not that like, okay, it could have been anyone, but it happened to be him because he stuck around to check and see, which I think, first of all, by the way, a little creepy. He's going to like mill around someone's house and watch them move. It's a little weird. Yeah. (laughs) Just knock on the door, you know, and be like, oh, I noticed you were leaving. You know, I just want to say goodbye. Well, he knew them. I mean, obviously he was friends with Chris. I mean, he was at the party. Dude's like creeping behind the freaking bushes. He was kind (laughs) of, all right, movie's full of (laughs) of pretty terrible employees (laughs) and creeps. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. So, also, if I could just blow Father Dyer another time here, he also is, he keeps his mouth shut when talking about Chris McNeil's party. When Regan comes down the stairs and pisses on herself, doesn't tell that portion to 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 Father Harris and presumably anybody, right? um, And really keeps it to himself to sort of avoid embarrassment, I guess, to somebody who could be quite embarrassed with that kind of information being let out. So I think you're right. I think he's a he's a real shining star in all this. Maybe they should have gotten him to do the exorcist mm. exorcism. He could have been the exorcist. He could have been. But he didn't have experience. Don't forget, they had to like check the calendar. Like, who's around right now? Remember, he goes to the church, you know, and yeah. he's like, listen, you know, she does all, she has, she hits like every bullet point in the list of but that's not Father Dyer who does. No, that. Karis does. Yeah, he goes to the priest with the dry hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and another one. Yes, that other one. That yeah, that nondescript. I guess some sort of superior. Right. No, I'm talking about priest. Yeah. Them picking Mirren. Oh yeah. <laughs> right, isn't what we're talking about? Yes. Like, oh, who's around? What you know? Because you were talking about Dyer about? being the exorcist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. I don't think that he's quite up to snuff in that department. Maybe he wasn't qualified. He didn't take that class. Maybe yeah. maybe he had the weekend off. Because, like, you know, they were like, mm, who's around? You know, That's true. Know. Like, oh, we'd call Dyer, but. Check the schedule. All right, Friday well. afternoon, I think he said he had a birthday mm-hmm. party to go to, so. <laughs> <laughs> so they just pull out this dusty old man. Mm-hmm. Dusty plaque breath. Yeah, dusty plaque breath. Dusty father plaque breath. Coming back from northern Iraq, and he, they're going to send him over there? Yeah. And not for nothing, when Chris McNeil, I keep calling her by a full name. When Chris says, you know, hey, we need, uh, how do you go about getting an exorcism? And Karis is, oh, well, you, you, well, it's not really something they do anymore. You have to go back to get a time machine, blah, blah, blah. When he approaches, I mean, he does his tests. He visits Regan as a, as he says, as a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. That went out the window two seconds. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, he just, he lost his duties right off the bat. He just threw that shit to the wind. Yeah. And determines that maybe she does qualify, in his opinion. He goes to his superiors. And without question, okay, so who's around? Yeah. Like, it happens all the time. Right. So, and, and here he is, oh, you, they don't really do that anymore. Right. That's a bullshit. Everyone except the church was a barrier to this girl getting what she needed. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, 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 we're not going to go to psychiatrist. No, 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 we can't go to the church. What are you, crazy? We, you know what they're going to say to us? We can't go to the church. But then they go to the church, and the church is like, yeah, who's around? Let's do it. So what the fuck was the Catholic Church's big problem with this movie? They're the fucking heroes. what were the doctor's problems with going to see a psychiatrist? I don't know. Everybody is like an idiot. Well, she did see the psychiatrist when she went to see the hypnotist. She saw a hypnotist. She did not see a psychiatrist. Well, the the scene before. Hypnotists are like chiropractors of the (laughs) psychiatric world. Yeah, you have to go once. You have to keep going. I guess I don't. I've never done hypnotherapy. I'm not that. I'm not that out there. 
I think the hypnotist opened the door yeah. for the full-time devil, not the part-time right. Regan devil arrangement, which I think that's when really the movie really kicks in and gets interesting. Before that, it's a lot of foreshadowing and symbolism and, mm-hmm. and different uses of these different film techniques. It's a very slow build It's a up. very slow buildup. And when it comes in, it comes in pretty quick, mm-hmm. I think, when it gets really interesting. I saw this movie, my like, first time I saw this movie, I was eight years old. And it didn't scare me. It doesn't scare me now. There are parts of it that are unsettling even still, I think. And I think it's the same parts that everybody has. You know, um, especially, you know, the buildup. I don't get it. I don't get the payoff of the buildup. I think, and that may be just because I've seen it so many times in so many different passive ways Mm -hmm. that it doesn't really do much now. Plus, you've seen so many other horror movies that are, like, scary and gory. Right. Something like this doesn't, it pales in comparison. Right. It's the, like watching Poltergeist. Exactly. It's like a kid's horror movie, essentially. At this point, right. It never scared me. I always thought it was like a cute movie. I that could, Carol Ann, oh my God, is she adorable. Oh, poor Carol Ann. I feel oh, bad I for her. I love her. She died very young. Did she? She had stomach issues, some sort of blockage in her stomach. And mm. she was very young, two or three years after that movie was made. So she was a Get kid, out. kid, wow. and she passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's a big fucking downer. Yeah. Um, let's go on to talk about stabbing, uh, uh, Regan stabbing her vagina with a crucifix okay. to bring us back up. So that part, I, I thought, even to this day, I see that I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, I mean, and her yelling, Jesus, let Jesus let fuck Jesus you. Let Jesus fuck you. I'm yeah. like, ah, like, I, I'm, I'm by no means a Christian, but... I'm like, oh, oh, and it's not even just the sta- the act of the stabbing in the vagina. With it's the yelling, "Let Jesus fuck you" with a crucifix. Where mm. that's the part that really makes you kind of go, oh, you know, and then yeah. it, you know, you know what's coming. And the crucifix doesn't really bother me. It could be anything. The crucifix could have been a sword, whatever. You know mm. what I mean? To me, it's she's stabbing herself in the vagina. That's horrific. It's terrible. I think maybe it's my Catholic school years that uh, you hear the noise the first time. Yes. Yeah. There's a squelch. Fantastic you know? Foley art. Yeah. <laughs> Foley art. See? Fantastic. That's very good. Uh, I'm trying to keep up with the retention in the movie. Um, <laughs> it's fantastic Foley work. You know, and that's one of the more, I think that's one of the parts that everyone kind of remembers from the movie, that the spider walk. Yeah. You know, um, like I said, we watched the... And that was one fucked up day for Chris. Holy for shit, Chris right? McNeil. Yeah. She, um, Chris is driving home. Regan's window is open when she gets in. There's already an emergency happening on the corner. And that's, we find out later, it's Bert Dennings um, having been thrown out of Regan's window. Which we find later his head turned completely around. Completely backwards, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's Regan. Uh, Regan does the spider walk down the stairs in that moment too. uh, Right after Chris finds out that Bert Dennings dies. Right. So she has to deal with Regan up in her room. Then she comes down. She gets. She to finds the house. out that she finds out that Bert Dennings, her fuck buddy, right? Sort of, I guess. Definitely, just a friend. They, yeah, who gets lonely sometimes gets and bored sometimes. So, so yeah, she just, spend time just together. puts it in there. <laughs> That's all. I don't think they're fucking. I definitely think they're fucking. Ew, that guy's old his, and gross. His, his, he just calls her a Nazi with his. Vodka breath on top of her. Call her a Nazi. No, it doesn't matter. He just does it to anybody. <laughs> it's his thing. Everyone's a Nazi. It's his thing. 
Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. And uh, so that that's a that's a that's a tough twenty a minutes or so for for Chris. Yeah, it's an intense. Yeah, she comes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. She as soon as she finds out about the death, the spider walk uh, happens, which still and I remember seeing this in the theaters that version in 2000 when it got re-released I went to go see it in the movie theater and I had completely forgot about that spider walk and when I was like holy shit <laughs> it's jarring yeah and then the, and there's blood the coming out blood. of her mouth I think too. that was one of the new parts of the movie was the blood coming out I think that was not in the original version mm-hmm. I could be wrong maybe I'm not as cool as some other people who might know that information <laughs> I'm sure there's someone. Well, do you don't even know because the original version no, and then the TV off. version. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's a bad day. Mm-hmm. That's a bad day. And that's also the day that um, the psychiatrist, the, the doctors told her about about the fact that because uh, she has like an episode right before and the doctors, you know, come to her house and they're like, you know, those kinds of things it's almost like she's on pcp essentially is what they right. don't say it in those terms but they're like you know like uh when a child is pinned under a car and a 90 pound woman lifts the car it's the same kind of a thing which first of all can i just can we stop saying that as a as a <laughs> as a group of people can we stop talking about the 90 pound woman picking up a car to save her infant what the fuck is the kid doing under the wheel Okay, <laughs> why is there a baby under a car? It doesn't matter. All it's my lifted, life, okay. I've never heard of it, seen it. I mean, maybe it's happened. I'm sure someone's you know tripped and dropped a baby under a car. I'm sure somewhere it's happened. Um, but like, who, who, what? <laughs> why? Why is that? Why is that the example? Let's see if we can get so that many account. amazing yeah. other things that you know the body can do when that adrenaline kick uh, comes in. The, the 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 ninety pound lady in the car. It always pisses me off when I hear that. There's always something different. Sometimes <clears throat> it's a car. Sometimes it's a truck. Yeah. You know, depending on the situation, right. it's a good it's a good anecdote to put in there, it's especially annoying. when your daughter's possessed. <laughs> to put in another piece of fiction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just tired. You know, you've heard it like a million times and after a million times of thinking, why the fuck would a baby be under a car? <laughs> you just get annoyed. <laughs> it's like enough already with this shit. <laughs> okay, who's putting babies on? Anyway, like what? The baby be... If it, anyway, I, I, I'm thinking about it a little too much. I well, think. this is... You but, have to remember um, that this is coming on the heels when, when the doctors tell her that. This is on the heels of her, of the doctors going into the, you know. Right. And she's into like, the room And where she's kind of doing it. And she's where, this is the part where she lifts her shirt and she starts to to, to masturbate. No. Yeah. When she's oh, back and forth yes. in the bed. Yes. There's a lot of screaming. That that's when the throat bubbles out, which I think still is right. so fucking cool. It's really gross. When that guttural scream comes out yeah. and then like her throat bubbles and they kind of focus in on that a little bit. It's super cool. Even yeah. still, like, that's so cool. Um yeah. It is really cool. You know, the doctor kind of, kind of sort of calm her down. She slaps the doctor, sits up, you know, gets on her knees, lifts up her nightshirt, nightgown, whatever it is, and starts... Goes, fuck me. Fuck, fuck me. me. Yeah, and so touching herself, right. and then, you know, um, then they were able to kind of sedate her and all that kind of thing. And then after that, like, well, it's just like when, you know... When, um, anyway. You know, at that point, it's like, who, you're talking? What? Right. You, I just watched... <clears throat> Did you what? not see what just happened? Yeah. 
Yeah, and you're going to talk to me you're about this bullshit about, about yeah. a baby under a towel. What? What baby? Who? But the and the thing that pissed me off is that she she always accepted it. Yeah. You know, she she literally, you know, that there's that one scene where Regan's bed starts bumping up and down and shaking. You know, she's like, my bed's shaking. Oh, right? when but she then comes in. A, yeah, she goes yeah. in to sleep with uh, Chris, right, with her mom. Yeah. But then there's that one time where. She's screaming in her room. Where we and, see the bed shaking. And we actually and, see yeah, it. Yeah. And Chris jumps on the bed with her, right. right? And she's talking to the doctor. And the doctor's like, well, you know, uh, have you ever heard of uh, her? Do you have you ever known her to tell lies? And she says, no. Uh, why? What did, what did she say? She was talking about how, you know, Regan talked about her, her bed shaking. She's like, no, no, no. That really happened. Like the whole bed was shaking and thumping around. Like I was on it with her. And the right. doctor goes... You know, Miss McNeil, the problem isn't with your daughter's bed. It's with her brain. And, like, she doesn't... She, it ha, She was on the bed with the child. And the doctor turns around and gives her some bullshit. Like, the problem isn't with her bed. Then what the... Then what the fuck just happened? Then I need the psychiatrist, too. So and I need we, an exorcism. Because that shit happened. I was on the bed with her. So can we tally... She's this a terrible instance, mother. As a terrible, another one. No, she's not a terrible mother. No, she's I don't not think a she's mother. actually a very good mother. She's just, I think, I think it's like that. Uh, first of all, I think we're overanalyzing it. But if you were to analyze it, I think it's just one of those situations where, like, you're in overload, and like, you know how like you go to a doctor, and you're like, all right, I gotta ask them these questions, and then you leave, and you never ask the questions, and you're like, fuck, I forgot. Right. Um, it's one of those, I think I, I look at it as like kind of one of those situations. I try not to give her too hard of a time because Jesus Christ, how do you deal with something to this magnitude? Um, so I give her a lot of leeway, (laughs) a lot of leeway. Um, and, uh, I think she's actually a really great mom. A lot of other parents would have just put their kids away and been like, I don't know what the fuck happened, but (laughs) you just go there because I can't deal with this. Um, which would have been interesting because that would have kept the devil locked away in a uh, in a psych hospital. So maybe she didn't do the right thing. When you think about it, right? So we'd have. Well, you know what? I mean, then, she her her daughter would be the sacrificial lamb in that case, but as opposed to that's one lamb or two, you had two. You well, Father Marin died, right during yeah. the performing the exorcism. Oh no! I mean, by her holding Regan, by the demon holding Regan hostage. Yeah. If they were to have put her away in a in a in a hospital, mm. the devil would have stayed inside in Regan, Regan yeah. inside the hospital. Right. You know, in a straitjacket or exactly pinned to some bed. Yeah. I also we were just talking about uh, they were in the bed when Regan after she's fully taken over, where she turns her head completely around. You know where she she's, actually does that twice. She does movie. it twice. She does a complete 360. But when I'm talking about the time when she turns the, the 180, and she does the the Burke Dennings voice. Mm-hmm. You know what you, your daughter? Wait, do you know what she did? Right, your cunting daughter. Right, and I didn't get this all the other times. She turns her head around just the way his head was turned around <gasps> after she had. Oh my god, I never thought about that. And this That's was interesting, right? Yeah, and after I think uh, maybe that my timeline might be a little off, but this was after Chris had found out that Denning's head kind of went all the way. Maybe no, because no, Chris doesn't know that. Yeah, because no one that tells her. Is done, um, Kinderman? Yeah, the detective was telling that to Karis. 
that the head went all around, you know, in incompetence, of course. Right. Um, so Crispin doesn't know that. So she turns the head all the, you know, her head turns all the way around and does it in the Burke Dennings voice, the, you know, what she did. Um, that was something that I didn't notice for. I kind of thought was a cool little moment where it was subtle. All the other subtleties for this movie, for some reason, I don't like them. They bother me. But this one, I kind of was like, oh, that's a cool little thing, like if you're paying attention. No, yeah, that's that's something I never even thought of. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, right. It never, um, I never realized that it was Burt Dennings's um, voice until we watched it recently. It just never, it never occurred to me that that was the voice. I just, you know, like when you're dealing with movies with the supernatural, anything's possible. Like everything's game. So right. that could have been a voice of someone that the they had possessed right. in the past. Exactly. It could have been anything. Else? So. It had never, I had never put the two and two together that that was actually Denning. So I never really got a chance to think about it. Yeah. But having thought about it now that you brought that up, that's a great point. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's I, pretty cool. I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. You know, we were talking about a lot of what things that kind of bother us and what suck and whatnot and, and the inconsistencies, which they're fucking ripe with this movie. Yeah. But there are a lot of cool parts in this movie, too. That's one of them. I think that that bubble in the in the throat thing is really good. It's small, I know, I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's that, and the, the turning of the head. Oh, okay. You know the, uh, you know her turning her head 180 degrees. I thought was really cool. So there are still moments where you kind of go, oh, all these times, which I think is a testament to maybe it is. It's certainly a movie worth watching, and it's certainly a movie worth investing the time in to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if it the hype surrounding it at this point, and maybe someone who isn't so jaded, and maybe somebody who isn't so like pessimistic and over it <laughs> might enjoy it more and not like pick it apart. Yeah. You know, just for the sake of picking it apart. Not saying that I did that, but that's what we're here to do. Well, now, but watching you the know? movie though, yeah. you know, I mean, I could watch that movie. You know, you mentioned it after we watched it one time. It's like I could fall asleep. This yeah. is a movie I could put on to fall asleep to. Mm-hmm. There's an awful lot of yelling. I don't know if I could fall asleep to it. I'm just, I'm just saying, like there's a, there's an amount of quiet to it. It's yeah. not, it's not a loud slasher movie. It's right. not gory. It's, I mean, with the exception of that one part where they stick that needle into uh, Regan's neck. Yeah, the um, um, arteriogram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. Which is Aside- what a lot of people have a problem with. Yeah, I think that's they what, were saying that that's what was making people pass out in the movie theater yeah. was more than anything else is uh, was that specific part. And yeah. it's, it's uncomfortable to watch. Do you find it uncomfortable to I watch? I do, really? yeah. I find it very uncomfortable to I watch. I find it really interesting. Like, watching it, I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's interesting how they do that. And it's very of, interesting how it's know? done. Absolutely. Yeah. But the thing that gets me is um, when they have the, the needle goes in, first of all, Regan's like, you yeah. know, I just got that face on. She swallows first, right? Yeah. And then he puts the needle like right underneath, you know, I guess where a man's Adam's apple, whatever, in that in that, in that triangle area, yeah. spot between those two bones. Um, you know, when she's making that face. But then they pull that middle piece out and all the blood starts squirting that tube, out. Yeah. And then they put it in the thing and then they take it off. Like they add an attachment. Then they take the like a, a piece of the attachment you know, they slide. It's the, it's the part not where the blood spits out. It's when they slide the thing out yeah, yeah. from inside of whatever you know that thing is, and then the blood spurts out. 
that's and it the comes part out that in pulses because, where it just kind of psh, yeah it shoots out. well yeah. it's because it's it has to or it's um the blood the heart pumps yeah. by the heart so it it, it doesn't gush it yeah you know yeah um especially from an artery mm-hmm. you know that goes directly to the heart you know as it's, it's gushing out it's that it's that thing that they pull out from there there's like this long tube in her neck and they pull that out to get the blood oh my goodness it's not scary it's just uncomfortable to watch like i kind of I, my knees get pushed together sometimes when i watch hmm. that part you know if, I, if i'm like really paying attention yeah. and not you know playing with my phone or doing something else yeah um i find myself squirming a bit that's interesting mm-hmm. and you know you mentioned something interesting too it's a quiet movie mm-hmm. you know most of it and again i noticed it this time around there is a lot to unpack in this movie and there is a lot of use of different things and the use of sound this movie in my opinion relies heavily on the audio the lack of it the lack of music the really quiet awkward portions yeah. the loud the, the quiet to loud differences and how it's sort of it all crescendos at the end, it's it's all it's quiet, quiet. It gets each portion of loud and quiet. The intervals get shorter and shorter as time goes on, you know. And I think that's interesting that that's how it works. And then that scene itself doesn't have any music in it. It's just a quiet medical procedure mm-hmm. that is uncomfortable to watch. It's not something that you gonna you see a lot. Mm-hmm. There's um, no background music. There's it's no, just right. quiet. It's just whatever the sounds of the room. You know the cold you know, medical room, you know, where you're like in paper on a cold table. With no bedside manner. It's just a quiet procedure that yeah. you're, she has to do by herself. There's nothing to take you out of it. Right. It's just, you're just in no there. Music, you're in that room. No nothing, right. yeah. Yeah. There's no tubular bells playing, which I, no. I, I look, <laughs> this song, to the, the, the famous exorcist song that everyone loves so much is barely in it. And it's really bothered me this time around. Watching it, there was so many other, I don't know what you want to call them, so the score, which there isn't much of it in the movie, granted. There isn't a whole lot of score in yeah, it. Yeah, no, there's not a lot of music you in know, the movie, it's no. not. Um, the last song, when the credits start to roll, when Exorcist blasts on the screen, and then uh, that song is more fitting, and I think is scarier. Oh, yeah, it's like... Rah. By far, yeah. and I think that's more fitting of the movie than Tubular Bells is. Um, which are one, oh, I love this song. Stop. You don't. You don't. It's on, seriously, it's like on there for 27 seconds in two different portions of the movie, and that's it. And that's it. And it, it doesn't fit. of the Halloween song. I really like the Halloween song. The Halloween song, song is awesome. That's, yeah. Tubular Bells is very similar. It is, but it's not it's as a good. Slower. Well, no, the Halloween song is way better. It's not as, the Halloween song is not as new agey and annoying. <laughs> it's not as John Teshi. John Tesh. <laughs> you know, for the most part, the movie's really quiet. There's not a whole lot of music, tubular bells or not, or any other kind of score. There's not a whole lot of it in the beginning of the movie. Right. It's where the end, I think, where things get really loud. It's really kind of quiet, that first two-thirds of the movie. And once Dusty Father Plackbreath <laughs> gets out of the cab... And we have that iconic image. That's when you get that scream from Regan that where she yells Marin. Yeah, which again was yeah. another thing that I didn't really pick up on until this viewing. Um, that she, that's what she's that yelling. She says his name. Yeah. Um, 
And that's when things start to get louder. Mm -hmm. And it's not music. It's not a score that's building up. It's just yelling. It's getting... The, the screams are getting more guttural. The the priests are yelling. And it goes... Be silent! Yes, that's the best <laughs> one. That's my favorite one. But also, <laughs> the language gets more salty and coarse also. Mm. Regan is like just constantly talking about Karis's mother. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Right. You know. Um, right. He, she's just going on doing the tongue thing at him. She, she talks a lot about cocks. <sighs> She right? says the word cocksucker. She wants to, he said, she says to stick your cock in her ass. Right. Sucks cock in hell. Right. Cocksucker. That's a lot of That's a lot of cock, cock in talk. the ass, yeah. For yeah. a 12-year-old girl. That's, and that's something I don't, I don't think that was, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't really discussed back in 73. I don't know. But that sexualization of Regan in the, in the, throughout the movie, the bathtub scene after she pisses herself mm-hmm. after the party. She's naked in the tub. Mother's washing her, which is a lot of skin for a 12-year-old to show, I think, before she has that arteriogram. They just like the, kind of pull her shirt like right over her shoulders. Right, and it kind of gets like cleavage level, right. you know, and for then a 12-year-old. They take the, and then they take like a sheet and they tuck it underneath and pull it down even farther. Just another half, right. Just a little bit. Really uncomfortable. And then, you know, she's masturbating and then she's... Stabbing herself with the crucifix. You know what, though, I was thinking about that. You don't see her face when she's uh, when she's like masturbating in front of them, and mm. she's like "fuck me," you know. And it sounds like you know the her demon voice yeah. is obviously a much more a much older, more mature voice. Yeah. Um. So that's dubbed. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's and, another woman. Yeah. And I wonder if the actor, if Lin- the actress, if Linda Blair didn't actually have to say that part it's something I'd, I'd like to look up um I, it, it just occurred to me so um but i wonder if she wasn't aware or made aware of what the lines were and just had to act like in a certain way because the sound of the fuck me fuck me it's like it's a dubbed over sound and yeah. you don't see her face you Whoa. know what i mean it's her back is to the camera and she's she lifts up her her dress. Yeah, and she does that, but you don't like see her face. You know what I mean? You don't, right? So I almost wonder: is it possible that could have been someone else? Two things, so I, I can answer. So one, when they were doing casting for the role of Regan, the director William Willem Breedkin, I'm saying that right? I don't know. During the the, the audition process, he had he did ask Regan, who was twelve. If she knew what masturbation was, Ugh. because she has to act these things out. That's something and he her, should ask. Ask her mother. Agreed. Or father, or whoever. I. Uh, That's didn't. not a question you ask a child, right? But the, but the answer was, Ugh. of course, don't you? <laughs> that and at that point, apparently, from what I had read, this could go in line with you know building hype to what happened behind the scenes to make it a bigger movie than what it is. Was that was the moment where the director was like, okay, that's the one, that's 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 the actress, based okay. on that, based on I guess the maturity that he saw was she was able to play the role. Yeah, that 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 still doesn't uh, that's still not good enough. Fair enough. Okay, you know what I mean. I'm not the <laughs> fact that she's able to uh, just like you know 
I mean, I feel like this is kind of like uh, being a little too sensitive about the issue in a way. Um, but I feel like it's being a little sensitive uh, talking about it because it's like it's not she's not you're not looking at it and saying, wow, you know, she's really like you're not supposed to be looking at her. The situations are not set up so that your thought when you look at her is I want to fuck that kid. Of course you know not. I mean? no. yeah. She's in a tub. Yeah, you see a lot of skin. It's not sexual situations she's the, that she's in. Right. I right. mean, yeah. with the exception of the possibility of being molested by Burke Dennings. Um, and that couldn't be more mildly uh, alluded to. Correct. So I don't, I'm not so sure that there's a, some kind of like a sexualization of Regan, but saying that a 12-year-old should do the part because she's mature enough to do it is almost like saying a 15-year-old can have sex with a 25-year-old because she can consent and you know what I mean? She's mature enough to do it. Um, I don't think that that's a good enough uh, thing. I think I, that's that's pretty bad on the director's uh, I agree. I'm, I'm not here to defend that. Yeah, frankly. for sure. Yeah. I, I agree. Could you imagine? Ugh. That'll make you grow up quick. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Right? No, but, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, playing, playing Regan Teresa McNeil. <laughs> Trivia question. Um, uh, that that's difficult. Yeah, you know, just playing that character. I agree, and I think it's it was probably a really difficult thing to do. I do know that she got hurt during it, during the um, the. The, the thing when she's kind of flipping back and forth on the bed. I could see that. How she, did get, she did get, so she did get, received some permanent injuries. As did Ellen Bernstein when she got thrown, um, the harness that kind of pulled her back yanked her back too hard and she had permanent back injuries oh, because of it. I do know that. But just to go back to what you were saying about the voice. So the director was, you know, did check the, did a maturity check. That's weird. Um, <laughs> Ridiculous and gross. For Linda Blair. But to go to the voice, the voice, the woman who did the voiceover for the demonic Regan was a voiceover actress who was uncredited at first and then wanted the credit for doing it. And then it was quickly kind of, you know, shoved, uh, in, uh, shoved in there at the end. Um, She did to get that voice. What she did do, though, is she was an alcoholic or used to be always an alcoholic, you know, but she wasn't drinking when and um recovering so she started drinking again smoking ridiculous amounts of cigarettes oh my god eating raw eggs oh that's a bad idea and yeah and screaming and then she would do the lines she also insisted on doing the lines while tied up um what like regan was in the in the move when she you know when she's tied to the bedpost yeah she insisted on being tied to the chair that she was sitting on to do the um, so the voice award method, yeah. So and she had people who were there with her. What I had read again, I don't know if it's true or not. Um, she had people who were there um, with her to make sure that she didn't actually start drinking again actively to be sort of. But she already right, but to go beyond. She had as wait. The part, so she was an alcoholic at first. She quit, and then she started drinking again for this particular role. Okay, so that's basically just a classic 
addict excuse and everyone enabling the addict to do it because they want something out of them. Right. It's interesting. And from what, wow. I, had, yeah, and what I had read. The whole production is awful. Yeah. It's a bunch of creeps and weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah. ghouls on this production team. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, drink, smoke. Yeah, whatever. Scream as long as you get what we need. Ruin your larynx. Go for it. Well, you're not giving you credit for exactly. it. Exactly. And then so and then just going to ask right. for credit. Get the and fuck out of here. I think once, if I again, if I'm remembering it right, if great, if not, whatever. Um, they they didn't include her in the credits. I don't remember if it was deliberate or not. But regardless, she wasn't in the credits. And once Linda Blair's performance started to gain some traction as being pretty phenomenal, as being something to be scene for the performance not just you know the story of the movie um that's when she wanted the credit because she wanted a piece of the credit of being she wanted the credit for being part of what was so exceptional about the performance i'm shocked that she would have gone through all of that not thinking about getting a credit in the movie yeah like she made a conscious decision to start drinking again for for the role right Okay, right. Um, she started drinking again for the role, smoking again for the role. I don't know about smoking again. Um, it's seventy three. Whatever, smoking for the smoking a ton of cigarettes or whatever for the role. Right. Uh, screaming for the role, not getting paid for it because I mean I've I've done a little bit of work in movies and a lot of times when you're not paid, you're credited. It's always the way it goes. So if right. you're not credited, they either paid you a lot to not be credited or you also didn't get paid so i can't imagine she didn't get paid i'm gonna go out they didn't give her a credit they wound up giving her a 12 year old if she knew what masturbation was are you seriously putting this into these people's judgment (laughs) i'm certainly not going (laughs) to defend the actions of the people of the production regarding their stance on who gets credit who doesn't and who they and what the age of the masturbation discussion should be I'm just saying, you, you you can't do all of that and not expect the credit. That's like saying, I didn't know I was pregnant. You know what I'm saying? That's like saying, I didn't know. I, yeah. I, oops. I didn't know. You, you really, you went, you got to that point where you're in the studio, tied to a chair of your own doing. Granted, you asked for it. That's fine. Tied to a chair, doing the voiceover, uncredited. Uh huh. <laughs> if if she hadn't started drinking again, and the screaming and all the prep work she had to do to be in this movie, um, I could I could see it. But so, considering the fact that there was like a preempt, like she 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 studied <laughs> for the part. <laughs> all right. So I, th- I think the conclusion here is is one of two things: <laughs> either someone on that side is full of shit. Or I completely misremembering <laughs> what I read, or I read completely false information. One of those. One two of those things, two sounds because bad. I agree with you, and I'm not going to defend either one. I'm not going to go on the limits and I got it completely wrong, and I'm not going to point the finger. Someone else can do the research because I did enough. Because <laughs> yeah. you did enough. Yeah, enough for nothing. How much am I Fuck supposed it. to do? You, yeah, figure it out. I got a real job. This is. I'm sure someone out there can find it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's homework for somebody. Yeah. I'm not doing any more of this. I have kids' homework to do tomorrow yeah. when the kids go back to school. Exactly. 
So I got enough going on there. I'm not quitting my job for this to look into <laughs> who did what in the exorcist. <laughs> so lots of yelling. <laughs> so yes, but lots this of is, yelling. This is really where you know all the slow plotting things throughout the movie sort of come to a head. All those little nuances from the, all those little split second demon faces that kind of come up with that. that. To be honest with you, that is throughout the whole movie. Yeah, I, I, it never like <gasps> like you I never no. It. It's just a still. I, I saw the thing that's it happened several times. Once in the kitchen, it happens twice during the exorcism, if I'm not mistaken. Not to mention the fact that yeah, no, that's during the exorcism. I was going to say that they had the the demon's face over. Regan's face, but they, that actually that's one of the things. And they do it with Karis too. Yes. When yes. when he, when uh, he gets possessed him. at the mm-hmm. very end. Yeah. Uh the splice. Yeah, that face. doesn't yeah, the um so yeah, the the those demon flashes that are they didn't they didn't really They don't add anything. No. In fact it it looked really cheesy to me. If you actually look at the pictures. Yeah. I've the, never freeze-framed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, one of them yeah. looks like a vampire. Yeah, you know, Nosferatu like really, kind of look <laughs> like to it. really, yeah. like, cheesy, like, vampire. Like, yeah. You know? Um, but, but yeah, no, I don't I don't find that. There's also a shadow in the attic. Yeah, there's um, a lot of plays on lights, and did I kind of... Did I see that? Did I see that, or what oh, was that? Oh, yeah. You know, exactly. of course, and you got to pick, you got to remember that this is done... Before, you know, we're going to go back, VHS. Yeah. You know, there weren't, you know, VCRs in everyone's home where you can kind of rewind, right. stop, pause, you know, whatever. Um, this saw in the theater. Did I see that? And that's it. You right. Know. Um, now, of course, very different. And you can, with HD and stop it, you know, you can really pick it apart. And I think it's easy to forget what technology was available then. Right. And maybe what the point they were trying to make. You know what I mean? Now you can stop and like, look, it looks like shit. Yeah. Well, we don't have, it wasn't 4K, right. you know, back then. So right. now, of course, it looks like shit now. Those, those little flashes of. I wouldn't say, of course, it looks like shit now. A lot of things hold up. A lot of things from back then hold up. You know, it kind of holds up. Poltergeist hmm. kind of holds up. Yeah, it does hold up. <laughs> Just taking it completely sideways. Sorry. <laughs> we mentioned Poltergeist already. <laughs> I know. I can't mention it again. No. All right. Stay on task. I put a check. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's also that time when um, Regan's... It's the moment where she starts going from being... uh, um, She's getting her blood taken when uh, Chris brings her to the doctor's office and she's sitting in the waiting room doing the needlepoint and those kids are playing on the couch. Right. Um, Regan's having her her blood drawn right right before she starts acting weird starts like exactly like laying and she's like fine you know what i mean she's fine at first she has her blood taken yeah or drawn and then then she goes and lays down on some other thing and then you see she has a vision which looks kind of like a vampire type thing it's like this whole like like this quick vision yeah that she sees and then she starts freaking out right you know face against the wall like uh, yeah she gets all doing all weird doped up yeah yeah so but that's where everything kind of comes to a head though at the end where all the culmination of all these little bits and pieces that we've seen all these little clues all kind of come crashing in so all that salty language all the kind of little keep her fingers away from my uh so she says uh keep your fingers away from my goddamn cunt right right (laughs) 
Right. Keep your fucking fingers away from my content. Right. You know, all those kinds of things. All those things get amplified. Mm -hmm. Everything kind of comes to that frantic pace of everyone's at their wit's end. Karis's crisis of faith is pretty much going away and he's going in the other direction where he's fighting hard to help this girl. Regan's mother is done with all... She's at her wit's end. She thinks her daughter's going to die. Marin is not putting up with anyone's shit. (laughs) Everything from be silent and just getting spit on with giant lugs and just wiping it off. You know, well, he's a tough guy, right? And yeah. and of course, Regan, who's tied to the bed at a certain point, inviting sodomy on a twelve-year-old. Yeah, everything. What she say? She says, "You know, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Shove it up your ass." Mm-hmm. She, you know, she said. I mean, she says, "Shove it up your ass, you worthless cocksucker." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she, uh, she calls him a faggot. Mm-hmm. She gives all these different, like all different, all these horrible things, and it just kind of goes to that fever pitch. And he um, falls for it. Right. You know, that's right. the thing. Like he tells him the devil lies, you know, but he falls for it. And that's the that's the frustrating thing to me. It's like the dude just fucking told you that she's going to lie to you. She's going to tell you things that that it doesn't make sense that that only you would know. Right. You know, she's going to she's going to say these things. Don't listen. Right. Just keep doing what we're doing. But and he goes in and just, you know, he we'll starts be- arguing with her. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're arguing. <laughs> what are you arguing with? Well, he's arguing yeah. because he's weak. He's a priest, right, who confesses earlier in the movie that he lost his faith. Now he's being confronted with the fact that things are much more real than he thought. Mm-hmm. And he's grieving the loss of his mother, which he feels incredible guilt over. And here's in a situation where... His whole world essentially is crashing down because he admits he doesn't have faith anymore. His background in science is now completely shot because here is a situation where it defies science, where it's not about science. It's not about psychiatry, where he feels comfortable, where, you know, he says his daughter needs a psychiatrist. He tells that to Chris. Not an exorcism. Now he is here. He is at the exorcism where psychiatry, where he's comfortable, is no longer in play for him. Where he needs to be a priest and and be a man of God, he no longer has that, and he just carries this guilt around of being a priest that he doesn't believe, and the death of his mother, which he believes is his burden to bear. He's responsible for. He's weak-willed at the very least, I think, which is why. He's able to kind of, Regan, whatever you want to say, is able to penetrate that barrier mm-hmm. so easily. So just to go back, he's not good at either thing. Like I said earlier, there's another example. Yeah. So, and I think it's only after Marin dies because he steps out because he starts to attack Regan until he gets the... Uh, Marin sc- kicks him out. He gets scolded by the older priest. And tells him to take a time out. <laughs> when he comes back in, Marin's dead on the bed. And Regan's giggling and, you know, looking at him. He just hauls off and punches the shit yeah. out of a 12-year-old yeah. girl. Yeah, he does. I mean, it's no joke. Yeah, um, yeah. those are some serious punches. Like, holy shit, she's 12. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of just knocking her in the face. With his boxing experience, <laughs> exactly. which we saw earlier in the movie, he knows what he's doing. Exactly. And he just hauls off and takes her fucking head off. I know. And um, 
yells the you know the take me and kind yeah, of coming to me yeah. right and then there's that struggle again you know what i mean the movie now that we're talking about it, it this, this movie's annoyingly layered <laughs> a lot of it, it it's called the exorcist after a guy who's not really in the movie that much but not about the girl who's being possessed so much because that really comes to a head in the last part of the movie and then there's father Karras, who this struggle between like who he is who he thinks he should be at the end we get another example of him his struggle he's fighting the devil who's kind of he kind of you know the take me he's got nothing left to do he has nothing left to offer he can't help anymore right and i think i mean there's obviously depression involved he doesn't want to be doing what he's doing he just lost his mother he's the guy never he saw him smile once in the beginning of the movie otherwise he's a fucking just you know a sourpuss the whole movie he gets the devil in him and he does that struggle you know as he his hands start to reach for regan's throat as she's crying on the floor and he kind of does that kind of physical yeah, struggle like and, ah, yeah, yeah he kind of hulks yeah. out and that's when you see that that kind of fade in and out on his face of mm-hmm. like the demon you know his eyes kind of go white mm-hmm and he just yells no and just hauls himself out the window. Mm-hmm. The same stairs, you know, that Burke Denning was tossed out of. Um, so it's another example of that struggle that Karis has. Every time you see him, he's fighting something. Every scene, he's fighting against, I think, what he thinks he should do and maybe what he feels like he needs to do. You know what I mean? How they're never quite the same, you know? What how... he does and what he feels like he needs to do, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm retarded. So, yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> And I think looking at it, the movie's really mostly about that. I think it's, you don't think so? No, the movie, the entire movie is a vehicle to get the demon with Father Car- uh, with Father Mirren. He is the exorcist. The whole movie is literally just, starts in the beginning in northern Iraq. He finds that um, medallion, the little, the little silver coin. Yeah, the one that's not supposed to be there. Right. Right. Um... And then he finds the demon statue, the little one. Yeah. Right? The, yeah. And then there's the big one, right? Yeah, yeah. That he sees. Um, Which is ridiculously aggressive. It is. And it's just kind of up there. With the and it's weird. It always bothered me. Like, this is, is this this is put up in this little shanty town here. In, you know, there's like this tiny little village. It's a it big like gargoyle statue with a very large erect penis. Yeah. <laughs> It's aggressive. It seems, it seems just weird to have there's like kids playing like in the yeah. air. Like, you know what I mean? You see the dogs fighting. Yeah. You know, and it's the white dog and the black dog. Yeah. Like the good versus the evil. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of symbolism in That's that That's what I'm saying. Scene. It's annoyingly. But, it's, but, yeah. the, but the entire movie is just the demon trying to get to Mirren. That's the whole thing. And it just happens to run through these people. So you think... But the whole... The movie is called The Exorcist. You think the point of the movie... Well, not the point of the movie, but you think the end game for the devil essentially was to kill Marin? Absolutely. Huh. From the beginning. I have a feeling that... I mean, I don't... I don't know. And I don't even know if the writer knows. You know what I mean? Sometimes, like... You know, when, when we critique things or when we talk about things, we, we come up with stuff that the writers weren't even thinking about. It's oh, like yeah. you are thinking way too far into it. Right. But um, I mean, if you look, if you, if it, I don't know if we're, if we're looking too far into it, but, you know, they mention in passing that he had done that exorcism in Africa. It took a month and a half. 
that took a month. Nearly it took him. over a month and nearly mm-hmm. killed him, right? And we see him taking those little tiny pills. We assume we assume that it's uh, heart medication and all of right. that, right? So whatever. So the demon. It's possible that the demon from the exorcism he did in Africa is the same demon. You know, it's possible. And the entire movie is just that demon's path to get back to Mirren. For whatever reason it needed to go to that specific house in that specific basement and talk to Regan through a Ouija board right. is beyond me. But that's, that's interesting. That's I mean, that's just my that's just my thought. Because what that's other point one. would it be to introduce Mirren in the beginning and have him in the end? They could have just come up with they he, could have just said Karen's do it's, it. It's not right. It's, right? Like, it's I mean, not as if he had. Um, it's not like Mirren had some kind of like a. He didn't have a role in the movie that was that they didn't establish like a uh, a level of reverence. You know what I mean? Right. We, um, yeah, we didn't see Father Marin throughout the movie. From the beginning, and then you get calls him at the end, and then they call him at right. the end. See, it's right. not like Kara. It's not like I keep saying Kara. It's not like Marin. Um, is a character that you really know that well. You know, you see him digging in the beginning, and of course that gives him some kind of credibility as to what he does. You know, he's he hangs with the people in in uh, Iraq. You know, he seems to be able to live there and get around Speak the area the language, just yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he speaks the language, sure. reads and writes it. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that gives him a little street cred, right? Okay. Iraqi street cred, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. That's pretty, cool. um, that's pretty. That's pretty badass. I want to be able to walk cred. around Iraq without having to worry about shit. Yeah. I mean, dude. I'm not saying that you know, whatever. But the point is that he seems to be getting along well over there. Um, and then you don't really, you know, he stands on top of the pillar. Then he talks to. Um, I don't. I don't know if that other person is a priest who's uh, who's writing in the notebook in um, what looks like Arabic. He's writing in the notebook, and you know, there's just all of those archaeological finds. Yeah, on the shelves. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. person's office. Yeah. I, I don't know who that person is, but that's when he tells him, you know, there's something I have to do. Yeah. And I have to go. But then he goes to this other place. It's not like he goes to like America and you Directly see him do from something. There. Right. He goes, he you goes, don't know where he, he goes. He's walking really in the woods somewhere and I, someone just comes and brings him a note. Yeah. With well, a robe. It's He's not in Iraq. Though. No. Well, they mention it when they say that. Well, they ask, well, who's available? Remember that scene? You know, we talked about it. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Remember who's available? And they say, well, Father <laughs> Marin, I think he's at Woodstock. When they say that, they didn't say Woodstock. They're not talking about Woodstock, New York. They're not talking about the town of Woodstock. It's a different place. It's a, I think it's a retreat for priests. And it's not located in New York. It's not the Woodstock that, you know, I mean, it's called Woodstock. And I don't know where exactly it is, but it's something else. And that's supposedly where he is. Okay. And as we're talking about it, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he finds this demon statue thing and, you know, and he knows what it is. He has that evil kind of feeling. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He knows the deal. You know, he he was, he did that exorcism in, in Africa. This is a man who's not having a crisis of faith. He's very strong. Yeah. He has mm-hmm. like the constitution of someone who probably should in that position that, yeah. you know, well, he's seen, it. he's seen it work. He's seen it happen. So right. He's a believer. Right. For sure. So when he says he has something he has to do, so maybe what he has to do isn't going, you know, whatever it is, six months from now, whatever it is to go to do this exorcism in Georgetown. And go to some maybe, kind of a purgatorial place to wait. Maybe to it's what, to go, right. Maybe it's yeah. to go and to keep the 
the evil at bay because he's got that thing. Mm-hmm. He's got that gargoyle head thing. It keeps calling it a gargoyle. It has a name. I'm sure it does. But whatever. What it's called. I don't know. They don't say it. It doesn't. Whatever. Yeah. So It's a relic. Yeah. It's called okay. a relic. A relic. Yeah. Okay. You know, he's got this relic. He knows what it is. You know, and when he has something to do, maybe he needs to get out of where he is. He sees those, you know, the fighting dogs. He gets that feeling. The clock the is clock stopping. Stops. Mm-hmm. You know, that crazy old woman. What you know? crazy old woman? Do you remember in the beginning? I know. Yeah, hits she, him with the, she, she doesn't always hit him, but, you know, the, the horse-drawn the horses, carriage. Yeah. She's, just a, she's just an old lady with a messed creepy up eye. old lady. Yeah. yeah. And there's no, the, no, she doesn't have the, she has like these two crazy eyes. Yeah. The guy with the messed up eye is when they're yeah. beginning with the no, forge the forging. She's, got this, kind she's of like work. half of a skeleton. With a veil on, um, and and her eyes are all like, uh, like yeah. white, like white out or something yeah. like that. Um, I don't think that's not necessarily something scary. It's just the the whole point of that part. I think is just like a jump scare, you know, for the horses. But well, maybe the, I don't the think the lady. Uh, yeah. Well, I, uh, you mean again with the, oh with the horses? Right? Yeah, Regan's. That's not a. That's not a coincidence. Well, that's, is it a mare? Or that's or was a, it that a gelding? I think it was a cool fucking cares. It's a conversation. It's just like part it. of the conversation. I'm, no one cares if you like it. <laughs> it's part of the movie. I care. Well, good for you. Yeah. Well, as as we talk about this movie and as we, as I watched it, I'm really torn. I liked it. Like I did like this movie, and then I'm watching it and I'm like, that's annoying me. That's annoying. Me. That sucks. But at the same time, I'm noticing other things that, oh, I'm like, I'm liking even more. So I'm turning into this Father Karras of The Exorcist, where I'm struggling with things. I probably should like it, but I don't like it as much as I should. But there are parts that I like more. I'm all over the fucking map, you know, and, and, and I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling here, you know. Uh, but at the end of the movie, they... Just to go back, and I think, again, maybe the real hero here isn't Karis, it's Father Dyer. Father Dyer is definitely the hero in the story. The unsung hero, for sure. And I think he's, if I remember right, he's he's a real priest in oh, real really? life. He's a real priest, and he did, at least at the time, if I'm not mistaken, did work at Georgetown University. Hmm. So he's... The actor. The actor okay. it was, is a legit priest, and he did work at Georgetown, if I'm not mistaken. Wouldn't it be really fucking funny if everything I said, oh, yeah, this actually, this was real, and this was real. And we got an email being like, yeah, that guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. That's wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. You made that up. Well, I read it, it all somewhere. I swear. I read it somewhere. Um, well, usually the things that, about 99% of the time, the things that you say to me and remember are accurate. I I'm find. pretty good with that. But I fully expect to not be right because if you can't trust the internet I mean really who can you trust right so but Father Dyer we can't trust the internet yet it's the first place we run when we have a question so well what are we supposed to do I well pick one pick one either you use the internet or you're like oh can't trust anything on the internet the internet is cheaper than encyclopedias Right. Do they even make encyclopedias I don't know. anymore? And you can't ask an encyclopedia a question about like opinion. So here you go. Where would you buy encyclopedias? What, if you had to say, you know what, I don't Amazon. trust the internet. Right? Where do you have to go? You have to go to the internet to buy encyclopedias, so you don't have to use the fucking internet anymore. <laughs> All right, it's the last purchase, though. <laughs> the final purchase of the encyclopedia is set. <laughs>
of Encyclopedia Final Britannica. Purchase. You know, I had I never had the I never had encyclopedias when I was a kid. I always wanted them. The they they used to show commercials for Encyclopedia Britannica mm-hmm. with I that douchebag with the red shirt and the kind of uh, ear length blonde hair. But yeah. talking to the voiceover guy, I always wonder what my Medulla Mong, whatever he says, my Medulla Blongata. Yeah, yeah that's what I don't know wonder what that was. Okay, like I remember that commercial. You know, as stupid as it was, I'm like, yeah, I'd really like some encyclopedias. What would I do with them? Really? Like even as a kid, I wouldn't. What you am I going to do with them? Up. Yeah, I wouldn't. But <laughs> you like, get a little paragraph about something. Oh, I mean, I would go to the library mm-hmm. and like, oh, you have to do a report or look whatever it up. And I would go word for word on that oh, blue yeah. fucking hardcover and just go, oh, man, da, 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 da. yeah. <laughs> and then when I got a little older, um, my mother got married. And so my step grandfather gave me a set of encyclopedias that he pulled out of an attic, his attic. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding, from 1956. Oh, dear God. And I had these this set of encyclopedias from 1956. Oh, it, it was awful. in like 1991 oh when I got them. <laughs> and that's like the latest information. That, that, from that was, from, it, was Your figure was probably closer to 55 or 54 <laughs> considering how the publishing had to, had to go. Right. And I sat there and I was, I was like, oh, I got these encyclopedias. And what are you supposed to say? I, no. Right. So we got this big dusty fucking box that I had to put on bookshelves in my room. And they sat there. Didn't get opened once. <laughs> once. And I think I was probably like 18 or 19 before I threw them away. So they fucking sat there gathering dust. And it's incredible that I remember that. And I felt the need to actually talk about it. Because who cares about encyclopedias from 1956? It's okay. Yeah. It's a little anecdote. It's anecdotal to the exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll bet you if I looked up exorcism <laughs> in those encyclopedias, they would probably say it is a valid form <laughs> of psychotherapy. Of psychotherapy. <laughs> and sometimes when you just get possessed, this is what happens. It was probably around the time that they were giving people LSD for uh, psychiatric treatment. The good old days. The good old days. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, <Dear God. laughs> at the end of the movie, Father Dyer um, creepily stands in the bushes. Uh, Sorry. Before, no, he's <laughs> creepily walking by the house when he stumbles upon Karis's mangled fucking body yeah. after he throws himself out the window. Mm-hmm. Again, conveniently, th- maybe Father Dyer is a fucking problem because Father Dyer is there when uh, uh, Regan comes down the stairs and pisses herself. Father Dyer is there when uh, right after... Um, Bert Dennings? No. Father Dyer is there when Karis when falls, falls asleep. Yeah. And oh, he has all right. those crazy bad dreams. Yeah. Father Dyer is there when Karis falls down. He's magically walking by these stairs. So either he either knew it was going to happen or he's creeping in the bushes again like he, like we find out later he's doing. Hmm. Right? So maybe maybe he's not the hero. Maybe he's pumping the house full of uh, hallucinogenic gas. Making Regan think that she's a, some kind of a demon just sitting back and watching from afar like a creep. <laughs> who creeps into the bushes like a creep fucking ghoul <laughs> actually father dyer is my favorite character in the whole movie oh well, why wouldn't he be now that you know that he's either a 
he's in on the whole thing, or B, he's pumping the house full of hallucinogenic <laughs> gas. Why wouldn't he be your favorite? Well, I just like the way he plays the piano and sings show tunes. That's my favorite part. Father Dyer is a lot of fun. He's like the most he's the most level headed person in the movie. He because he's not he's not close enough to anyone in the movie or too far removed either. You know what I mean? He, he's the neutral good. He's the, yeah, yeah, you know, he's that neutral. Yeah. Um that is really an interesting theory though of Father Dyer. You could really make an argument. Like if you wanted to, you could sit down and think about it and really make an argument for Father Dyer being behind all of it. I think Don't forget They also find The little coin That little silver thing And The little You know The And Father then they try D- well, to give it To Father Dyer we, And yeah, Father Dyer's so like mm, Maybe we should have it final, <laughs> Father oh, Dyer Keep that shit Right Okay So Right So Father Dyer's last uh, Creep act um, We see him Saying goodbye Essentially To the McNeil family As they're moving out and Regan sees Father Dyer, doesn't really know her, know him. Right. Sees the collar, gives him a kiss. You know, obviously there's some, she, you know, she has no memory, but there's some. Probably some peripheral, some, like some background. Some kind of, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, memory. yeah. Um, and in that, she tries to give him, was it Regan or was it? No. Chris. Chris. Chris gives him the pendant that was ripped from Karis's neck during the struggle. Mm-hmm. Which I think was some sort of protection because it was once that was ripped, then it was the the demon was able, the devil was able to go into Karis. So there was some protection there. I think maybe we're looking into it. I don't know. Um, no, she, that sounds yeah. right. So she finds it. Oh, I found this in Regan's room. You know, maybe you'd like to have it. Something to that effect. He puts it in her hand, and the version we saw, well, the late seen both. But if I remember right, in the version you've never seen the one from 2000 with the added clips, the ending is slightly different. So the original has Dyer keeping the the, the, the pendant, the, the, the necklace, whatever. Looks like a coin. Yeah, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a medallion yeah, on a chain. Right. You know, and in the version you've never seen before, the newest, I don't know if it's the newest, but she he gives it back. Okay, yeah. You know, he gives it yeah, no, because I think, you're, I you, think may, you, you may need this. More than I do, yeah. Right. So you might be right. That there might be more to that, and I think I'm going to read the book. I'm going to I'm going to get the book, and I'm going to read the book. I'm sure Father Dyer isn't supposed to be no. a menace in this movie. He's I think he's meant to be the character that he's shown as. I'm just saying for shits and giggles, it's it would be interesting to you could probably make a case if you were to look through. And I'm going to read the book purely to strengthen the case of Father Dyer being behind it, or at least at the very least having some role in the nefarious uh, <laughs> uh, uh, situations that we find our characters in. Um, and that's the only reason I'm going to read the book. Okay. I'm going to solely look for I it. Really and I'll report back. I don't think you're going to find anything in there. because I'm going to look real I really hard. don't think that it's a thing. It's just something I thought of like just now. I don't think it's like an actual. I'm going with I it. I don't think Father Dyer is at all supposed to be. I'm thinking he is. No. <laughs> yeah. It's just an idea. It's just an interesting Thought it's a what if Father it's... Dyer. The people around him die. Dyer. Boom. Father Dyer. That's it. That's it. Oh. Yeah. Snap. This is what I'm saying. Father Dyer. I think I'm onto something. Holy shit! 
Exactly. You're onto something. Yeah. That was my idea. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no, but it's true. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Let's chew on that for a second. Let's let that breathe. <laughs> All right, that's enough. <laughs> All right, shut up. You want to know what's what's uh, really interesting? Uh, not, it's not interesting at all, actually. It's quite cringe, cringe, worthy. Mm. When they do the uh, the power of Christ compels you, the thing that gets <laughs> you know that's supposed to piss the demon off, it does nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Because they have to take a break, and then you know she's still tied up. But they sit <laughs> there and they're doing. You know, he throws the holy water on her and uh, he, you know, be silent, you know, and then he starts doing the Our Father, um, right? That's what he did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, they go through it. Yeah. They you go know, through the motions. Through the motions. Yeah. Um, and they're going through, you know, the motions. <laughs> um, you know, he starts saying the Our Father and all of that. You're... Uh... Your run-of-the-mill exorcism Yeah, procedure. you know, the usual. Yeah. Um, and then at some point they start saying, the power of Christ compels you. And they say it over and over again. And it's dead silent. There's not a sound, a, right. no no music, right. no nothing. And, saying, and right. I know that that's a theme that you're, yeah. you know, is an overarching theme that you've been talking about. But this particular moment in the movie <laughs> is really cringy. It's and awkward. it gives me a lot of secondhand embarrassment. I get, I kind of like crawl into myself because they just go, the power of Christ compels you in no rhythm. It's not a rhythmic thing. And they're not in unison. And they're not in unison. That really One bothered starts, me. Yeah, it's like awkward. Fucking and, dumbass <laughs> Karis is half a beat behind Marin the whole time. Sometimes Every he time. starts first. It, they're they're, they're never all over on the map. sync. You know what I mean? So yes. it's, not like, it's not like they're like, you know, the power of Christ compels you. The power of, you know, like, go, go like that. And it's a, not Marin. It's Karis. He's got no fucking rhythm. No, it's it not is Marin. It is Marin. He doesn't, there's no flow. There's no rhythm. He just kind of says it. You think And Karen. they awkwardly stand there. And it's almost like each one is waiting for the other to do it. You know what I mean? But it's, <laughs> it drives me nuts when I see this part. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. The, the power, power of Christ, Christ compels you. <laughs> compels gets, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cadence and the voice is all over. Is all over the oh, place. Oh, it's so bad. The timing is fucking crazy. It's so bad. It is really cringy. You'd think they come up with some kind of countdown system. It's right, also three, at two, a one. weird camera angle. I don't know if you noticed. It's on the side, like the Karis profile. They're, they're at a they're at a profile, and they're not quite centered. Yeah. So the whole that whole thing is a little off. Maybe it's supposed you know? to make you feel weird and Maybe. cringy and awkward. But it's awful. It is. It's a terrible. It, 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 that it's one. It's the one part of the movie, and I imagine them sitting in the editing room, editing this thing together, and being like, "Yeah, all right, yeah, that's good." And it's awkward as hell. Like, you sit there and watch that and go like, yeah, that's that's good. Someone, more than one person had confidence in that chunk of movie <laughs> to be like, yeah, moving on. That's the bridge of that movie. <laughs> it was right there. <laughs> the part I could do without changes the whole flow of the movie. <laughs> good thing it's at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. I think that's the exorcist. I think we I think we go through it. I think we did it. Yeah. All right. So that's it. That was the exorcist. And that's episode one. That was fun. In the books. We're done. Hey, we're done. <laughs> that's a lot of poetry right there. Son of a bitch. Nice. <laughs> I have an itch. Ah! Do it all day. <laughs> all right. I feel good about it. Me too. Excellent. All right. That was so a lot of fun. It was good. Mm-hmm. Against my better judgment, um, we have social media. We have a Twitter and we have an Instagram. Mm. And they're both of the same name, Watching Horror Podcast. There's no G. It's a Watching Horror. We also have an email address. If there's a suggestion for a movie you'd like us to watch or if you'd like us to stop doing this <laughs> or if you I want those would be my favorite actually i'd like it corrections if, uh, if we got it all wrong if we're not funny we didn't get it all wrong we might have maybe <laughs> not this one wrong. but there's gonna... i've seen this movie too many times to have gotten it all wrong <laughs> for many years fair enough decades in fact all right but so maybe if you want to you want to come over and say hi and just agree then. Maybe we're not wrong and agree. So you can get us at watchinghorrorpodcast at gmail.com. And I don't think I sold any of that correctly, but I'm going to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I'm Jared. I'm Christina. Woohoo. And when the power of Christ is not compelling oh, us, God. <laughs> we are watching, watching horror. horror. That's it. That's it. See, we got that. Not in sync, just like the the the, uh, <laughs> the power of Christ compels. But compels let's just us. not say that like twenty five hundred times <laughs> in unison. Maybe <laughs> maybe not. We'll save the cringe. <laughs> all right, we will uh, see or hear you all next week. Bye. Bye. Ha <laughs> ha